0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Upward. This is a podcast where we share and highlight the stories of Asian Americans in corporate and business America. We share their career journeys, lessons learned in their professional experiences, and advice as an Asian American in corporate America. And this is your host, Min Kwan. What's up everyone and welcome to episode one of Upward. Today we have a very special guest. He is one of the first guests that I interviewed for the platform and I was very excited to have him on on board because he was an amazing person to talk to. He had a lot of advice for us. Um, His name is Jerry Lee. He is a, uh, he's currently a Senior Strategy and Operations Manager at Google. um, And he is also a Chief Operating Officer at Winsulting, which is all about kind of bridging the gap between jobs and opportunities with students and professionals all around the world and he's been kind of You know, um, kind of taking off on LinkedIn and on on all the social media, um, having talks and giving advice to thousands and thousands of people. So I'm really excited to have him on board um, on platform on the on Upward. Um, So, yeah. um, Hi, Jerry. Welcome to the show. And why don't we start with a little bit of an intro about yourself?
1: Yeah, so uh, for me, I'm I graduated three years ago now. Um, actually, I think our alma mater, my alma mater's graduation was today. Actually,
0: oh,
1: wow. um, <laughs> so I think today officially marks the third the third the year mark. Uh, but for me, uh, I'm currently a strategy and operations senior strategy and operations manager at Google. I started off my career there as an in- as the first intern at Google from my alma mater in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then I converted full-time to, st- to becoming a analyst uh, in 2017 in July. And then have kind of climbed a ladder to be in my current role today in about two years. And so uh, I've been in my current role for about a year now. Um, and outside of work, what I love doing is I love developing professional development or developing professionally for others especially for Asian Americans. Um, I lead Subtle Asian Networking, which is a global community of about 45,000 Asian professionals around the world. In addition, I'm also the CEO of One Consulting, which uh, is a career consulting firm that my buddy and I started. And we host and partner with over, we've partnered with over 80 organizations around the world to nice. bring professional development to, to schools where they just wouldn't have had the other, otherwise the other resources. Mm. Um, for them to recruit into the top name brands. And so I'm super excited here to get to know a little bit more about you, but also to share my
0: story. From what I've seen, you've progressed really fast through the ranks um, at Google. Um, and I would like to learn a little bit more about what you found to be your key ways to find that success and what what's helped you the most in kind of finding that success.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So what's really interesting is that I... Um, to provide a little bit of context, I come from a low-income first-gen background where my family immigrated to uh, California when I was two years old, and I knew absolutely nothing of what it meant to be a professional, how to write emails and all that. I think the, the key thing that helped me before I even started my job was I have pretty much worked three years before I even worked my f- first day at Google. And, the, and I say that because every single semester at college, I would intern. So spring semester, I would have an internship where I would go into the campus and work 20, 30 hours a week. Fall semester, I would have the same Um, and of course the summers is when it would be full time. And so for me, because I've done that for during my sophomore, all the way to my senior year, I kind of knew what it meant to be in an office environment. I knew what it meant to email executives, make presentations, but more importantly, just know the ins and outs, like the, what to do's and not to do's. Um, the analogy that I love to give is it's so easy for college students to identify who the freshmen are in a similar sense. It is so easy to identify who the who the people are on the, on the, it's like the very first job. Right. Mm-hmm. And as much as it is a power to say that, Hey, this is my first job. It almost in a little sense, lowers that bar of expectation from you. So as long as that bar is set very low, mm-hmm. you're able to then it's on you to just absolutely crush it. Right. And defining what crush it means is really dependent on company and team because In the organization that I started, crushing it meant you have to partner with product managers. You have to have them love you. You have to work with engineering. And most importantly, you have to make sure that you are leading a project with them where they are supporting you rather than you just latching onto a side project from them. Hmm. right? And I quickly recognized that after just talking to, well, one, just, just pattern recognition. I'm a huge fan of pattern recognition. And when people who are extremely tenured all are kind of gravitating one area of the business, it probably means that that's, that's, that's strategic by nature. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and so quickly identifying what is defined as key success, what are and how do you make sure that the, you understand what your bar of expectation is and always just crushing it. Um, when I was, had my first promotion at Google, it was during my first performance cycle Mm -hmm. a performance review cycle. And, um, I got the highest rating. Um, that was available there. And only 1% of people at Google get it. Wow. Um, and I got it in my first time. And so I think what a lot of that led for me, what wasn't that, hey, I knew how to play the game, but rather I knew what the expectations were. I knew what good meant. And luckily, I, ha- I was leading a project where one of the most senior PMs had to be involved and really wanted to be involved. And so it was a combination of luck and I think just understanding how it works and then playing that to my advantage, I think really helped.
0: So you, do you think that having that prior professional experience in college and then transitioning into a full time job, do you think those skill sets that you built during college really helped you in, at Google or was there certain differences that you, you saw?
1: I think so. I think there's a whole aspect of the technical. So I think how I envision or how I think about work is there's always going to be like the technical work that you have to do. And there's always going to be the soft skills that you have to do. The technical work is like, Hey, can you create Excel models? Can you create presentations? Can you code Python? Right. That, Mm -hmm. that makes you as good as everybody else. What differentiates you are all the softer skills, right? How do you communicate? How do you present? How do you present yourself? But more importantly, can you identify what is a key priority versus what is not a key priority? Mm-hmm. And I think that is just a muscle that a class cannot teach you. That is muscle that no one can really just tell you, yeah, this is how to look for high priority items. It's just something you just have to learn on the job. And so for me, I quickly latched onto what was high priority because when I was on my senior year internship, I there was an internship I stayed for the entire year. And what I realized is that every uh, month we would look at our key priorities. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I got a real good sense for, oh, these things matter to the business versus these things do not. The quicker you can identify what are the things that matter, those are typically the ones that are going to be more high impact, but more importantly, show you what success looks like in your role. And, And I think the other part of it, though, is that the you kind of lose out on the flavor of like hey if something is super high priority and it doesn't really interest you like it's on you to decide hey well do i want to what am i trying to optimize for right mm-hmm. am i trying to optimize for skills that i want to grow in or do i want to optimize for career progression mm-hmm. understanding that hey this might not be the skill set i want to grow but this is going to help me achieve my goal right so at least understanding what is important to you yeah whether that's career progression, intellectual elevation, or just randomly choosing things and making sure you get a breadth of opportunities is really what's
0: important. How have you personally found that balance between, you know, career progression, or is there a commonality between those two of like doing what you really, really love and finding the opportunities that will progress your career? Yeah, I think
1: that's a really good question because I, I struggle with this a lot. Uh, I I don't think I found a magic formula, but what I have found is it's really hard to do everything. Mm -hmm. So the key variable that I try to solve for is career progression, because that's the most important thing to me. Mm -hmm. If that means that I have to do a similar type of project where I flex a similar type of muscles. So be it as long as super high priority, super high impact, and it's going to help me get to the next level. It's really all I care about. Um, and But on the other side, if there are other skills that I don't feel like I'm flexing my day job, either take up additional projects if you have the additional bandwidth. And if you don't, then create side projects for yourself outside of work, right? This is why I love doing subtle agent networking. This is why I love doing consulting Mm -hmm. is because it gives me the intellectual freedom for me to just try different initiatives, right? If you gave me a problem of how do you mobilize Asian professionals around the world and engage with them on a global and scalable basis, right? To help develop them yeah. professionally. That's that's a really difficult problem to solve for, but that's it allows me to flex that creative muscle that I otherwise mm-hmm. wouldn't in my job. And so for me, this is how I look at professional, personal development, I do think that they can overlap in your, uh, side hobbies and side projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it depends on, I think for the individual, it really just depends on what's important to you.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. I mean that you've kind of prioritized career development at Google and you've obviously found such success. But let's talk about those side projects and side hustles, I guess. Yes, really side hustles. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> but so you um, talked about one salting and you also uh, you co-founded um, Subtle Asian Networking. What were the primary inspiration for those? Um, why Asian-Americans? Why professional development? And what's kind of pushed you to that point?
1: Yeah, so um, for those who don't know, Subtle Asian Networking is a global community of 45,000 Asian professionals around the world where we come together to help each other grow professionally. Wonsulting is a career consulting firm where uh, Jonathan Javier, one of my really good friends, started. And we are trying to bridge the opportunity gap that we see. Between the kids and students who go to Harvard's of the world versus the students that went to the Babson Colleges of the world, where we call those the non target schools. Mm-hmm. We try to educate everybody on trying to I'd give them this tools and skill sets so that then they can minimize the opportunity gap between the two different schools. The reason why, for me, I love professional development is because I reflect back on freshman year, Jerry, of trying to figure out. What is this professional development mean? What does a career mean? Mm-hmm. When do I have to wear a suit? When do I have to match the the color of my belt to with my shoes? Mm-hmm. How do I tie a tie? How do I write a resume? How do I interview? How do I make sure that let the interview nerves get away? Right? All those questions I always imagine myself as a freshman thinking, I have no idea how to do any of this stuff. But luckily I've had great mentors in my life and I've had great organizations to help support me that it's only, it's only in my right to give back. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I know that there are millions of freshman year Jerry's out there that don't have the resources and I don't want them to spend five years to figure out what it means to interview and why you should be excited to get to uh, start your interview rather than being nervous. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, uh, for me, that's why the professional development aspect is so important. The Asian professional aspect is so important to me. is also so important to me uh, because I recognize a lot of the the values that I had growing up as an Asian American, where I'm told not to talk back to my parents. Mm-hmm. I'm told to listen to. Uh, uh, you know, people who are older than me because they're more wise and how that translates into the workplace, right? If my manager says, hey, I disagree, is my inst- does my instinct tell me, shoot, he must be right. Uh, he's probably right. Yeah. Or is my instinct to say, well, well, let's talk about this, right? Let's debate this a bit, right? Yeah. When I first started my role, it was not the, the latter. It was very much, all right, my manager probably knows better. I'll go in the direction of what, what yeah. my manager says, right? And the more I progress in my career, the more I'm exposed to senior execs, the more I begin to realize that having a point of view, especially a logic-driven, data-driven point of view, is why companies pay the big bucks to hire you, Mm -hmm. right? And if you don't have that, well, first, then that skill is against the Asian-American philosophy of respecting your elders and all that, right? And so for me... (laughs) I think that's the reason why this concept of a bamboo ceiling exists, Mm -hmm. right? Our cultural norms prevent us from adapting to be that Asian leader, to be that American leader that America defines today. And then the question is, well, if they're against each other, how, how do we make sure that we as Asian professionals can break through that and still land in leadership roles? right and so so for me i think that's a tough problem to solve for and i think there's so much education to be done in yeah. this space um so that's why i'm super passionate
0: about it yeah i mean you hit on a lot of important points i feel like the biggest piece is this asian cultural like learning of i also immigrated when i was about nine and all my life i've been and i worked as a an interned in korea for a little bit and especially mm-hmm. in korea it's you know you listen to your manager or you get fired. i mean <laughs> it's, they are it's all, they are, their word is law, right? Um, <laughs> but there's right. a huge contrast in, in America where you're expected to kind of express a strong point a point of view and an opinion. And so it, it's, how have you actually, you know, when you're talking to all these students or all, all these people on Satellite Networking or, or through salting, what is the biggest struggle? Is this, this cultural tension or is it something else that people are just not aware of?
1: I think, uh, so... I think there's a the problem around professional development is people just don't know, right? Um, And the Asian professional um, norm is that people just aren't aware of their cultural norms affecting them because, or affecting them in the workplace, right? So let's talk about the first professional development piece: writing a resume, interviewing, networking, all those things aren't rocket science, right? And the more I learn about what it means to recruit, the more I realize how simple it is. Yeah. Right. And the, the expectation I think most people have when they interact with us, whether that's on sand or whether that's on through one consulting, is people think, man, um, I want to land a job. The, the, the three job applications I sent out weren't successful. So now I'm going to try and look for the magic answer. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, but the magic answer is, is make sure your resume is, is great is perfected. Make sure you have an awesome cover letter, at least a good enough cover letter because most people, most companies don't care about it. Make sure you know your story extremely well for the interviews and make sure you network as hard as you can to mm-hmm. land opportunities that otherwise wouldn't have been presented to you to, through your school. Mm-hmm. Pretty much it. But and when you easy. think about it, <laughs> yeah. Well, when you break it down <laughs> like that, it's like, wow, it's so easy. But what people forget is the emotional aspect of recruiting, about how painful it is to hear a hundred no's before you hear that yes, right? How painful it is to have your hopes up during the final round interview and someone telling you, sorry, we found a better candidate, right? And, And so there's so much more to recruiting that people just aren't aware of. And that's what we try to do through, or that's what I try to do through both the platforms right, through One and Sam. Mm-hmm. On the Asian American side, I think um, people just don't recognize that, that their upbringings are playing a huge factor in their professional, in their career growth, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, I see this really prevalent, especially when I work with students on side projects or when I work with people. I, when I ask a question or when I challenge, it's not that I think I'm right, I'm just trying to understand the line of thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. And most people, especially Asian Americans, when they, when, when they're challenging, they're either just like really defensive or they're like, sorry, you're right. Right. And they don't engage in a health debate and the health debate is what differentiates a, an amazing, you know, professional versus someone who isn't right. And so I think just being aware of, Hey, I I recognize that this is a factor that's affecting me as a result of my upbringing. Mm -hmm. Now, how do I combat that? I think that's really the crux of what Asian Americans should be thinking about.
0: Yeah. How have you done it personally?
1: Yeah. Honestly, I don't have the I don't have an amazing answer for this. (laughs) Still learning about this. Yeah. No. It is. It's a tough battle. (laughs) It's it's tough. Yeah. And the more I think that the first problem is just seeing whether or not it is a problem in, in your professional development, right? So for me, I know that this is an issue because when an exec talks back at me or questions me, is the little voice inside of me that wants to talk back, is that coming from, hey, I, he's probably right? Or is that coming from, hmm, he, uh, I don't know whether or not he's right, but I'm just going to agree with him because he's older than me hmm. and has more, is more senior than me. Right, so identifying when that voice comes up of "Hey, this person's probably right because they're older than me," I think is so important. And for me, I'm not, I'm not the best at it, but I've gotten much better over the years of saying, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm feeling like I'm agreeing with this person, not because I do, but because they're older." At that point is when you're saying, go, when it's time for you to go. Actually, let me think about this a little bit. Let me get back to you, or it's time for you to just engage in a healthy debate. Mm-hmm. Cause the last thing that you'd want to do is for you to reinforce that muscle that that's been nurtured in you for 22 years, that it's okay for that. It's okay for you to agree when you actually don't. Right. And you want to start massaging that muscle as soon as possible. And the first way to do that is identifying it and when those triggers are for you,
0: what does mentorship mean to you? And why is it so important to you? And what do you, what impact does it have on you and on others?
1: Yeah. Mentor to me is like having a board of directors for for your life. Every company, every public company has a board of directors. Now you may ask, well, why do they need a board of directors? It's because people across companies, across verticals can provide that external insight of saying, hey, I've seen what's happened in the 2008 financial crisis. This is how you should adapt as a company during the COVID pandemic, right? In a similar sense, you should treat yourself as a company and say, hey, what are those areas of growth that I really are in my life that I have right now? And let's say it's, hey, I really want to make sure I focus on career development. I really want to focus on my skills of being a better boxer. And lastly, I want to make sure that I keep into my spirit my I keep in touch with my spiritual self. Right. Mm-hmm. I think most people fall into the trap of having one mentor and having that one mentor only. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to find someone like that. Um, but rather you should look at mentorship as aspects of your life, but not you as a whole. So if, for example, boxing is a area, area of development where you really want to invest into, find someone who's a better boxer than you that you admire and ask them questions and engage with them. Right. I think mentoring, when you go up to someone and say, Hey, you, you would you like to be my mentor? I think most mentorships doesn't don't happen like that. Rather it's, Hey, I want to learn from you. And I want to learn how you've done in the past. Here's how I'm doing it. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Right. And by being able to have multiple mentors in your life, what you're gonna do is I truly believe in the uh, the principle of you become the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. Right. If you surround yourself by uh, with people that are amazing at everyone or at each of the areas of growth that you have in your life, then you're ultimately just going to grow exponentially as a person, right? And so focus on the identifying the areas of growth and then making sure you've plugged those gaps in with the people around you.
0: Mm-hmm. What is the best approach from your experience from you know college to being at Google? What is the best way to approach mentors? I obviously it can't be as simple as, hey, be my mentor at everything <laughs> in my life, right? Um, and yeah. things like satellite networking obviously helps, but in the professional sphere where you're at a company and these kinds of structures don't really exist, how do you how do you approach mentors and how do you create those relationships?
1: Yeah, so it depends on what area of, of development that you have, right? So Min, I want to ask you personally, what area are you trying to develop in?
0: Uh, for me, things like this, I want to be more... Uh, I want to be better at community building and bringing others along with me and finding a purpose and driving impact for as many people as possible. I mean, like the job that I have is brands and it impacts consumers, but it, it's a yeah. very high level thing. So I don't really, yeah. see, I, mean, I see it out in market, it's, which is great, but you know, impacting communities that actually really, really matter to me and have meaning to me yeah. is, is something that I really want to develop. So I love that.
1: <laughs> and so then the, the next question becomes, well, who in this space do you feel like is really good at community building?
0: People like you. I right. mean, <laughs> people, um, people who That's I've seen on... side plug. We've planned that. <laughs> this was scripted. No, no I'm kidding. Yeah, no, no, um, no, no. Um, and people, I mean, I, I, I have friends around me who have done right. so, and, I, you know, they've become right. my mentors. I don't believe in the sense of, like, they have to be older and more... Like, That's right. Guys, I totally right? agree with you.
1: Um, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And so that's a perfect example, right? Of where you've identified a need in your life of community building. These are the people in your life today that exist, but maybe also the people who don't exist in your life, whether you come across them through subtle Asian networking, whether you come across them through other Facebook groups, or maybe even on LinkedIn. It's as simple as reaching out to them, adding a personalized invite and saying, Hey, I see that you're really great at building communities. I would love to spend 15 minutes on the phone with you just asking questions of how you're able to do it and share and ask for your feedback of how I can improve. I can't remember once when someone has ever sent me that on LinkedIn. I've probably have gone over 15,000 connection requests in the past year.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> and
1: I cannot remember one person who's ever said that to me, right? Every message has always been, hey I have this I have this job at Google can you please hire me? Hey I found um, can you I see that you're doing one consulting can you edit my resume? It's always about them right And asking for mentorship is about you but it's also very much about the other person because what you're allowing them to do is share their insight of the area that they're really passionate about right And then what that happens is then we're connecting on a level of passions rather than let's just talk about something superficial like resumes.
0: Yeah. So on the flip side, how do you become a good mentor for other people? How can you be the most impact driving and valuable adventure for others when you guys, you know, create those relationships?
1: Yeah, uh, my mentor does this extremely well and I, and I love him. Raf, if you, if you ever come across this, I love you. You are an amazing person. <laughs> um, but you know, I tell him this every time, but a mentor to me isn't someone who should give advice, right? It's not someone who should just say, I mean, you should do these three things tomorrow, right? And, and, and I mean, there, I think there are some aspects of that, but I think a good mentor just asks really insightful questions. Mm-hmm. And, cause I think that a lot of decisions don't ultimately, aren't, aren't decisions that you know, I mean, you know what those options are, but it's a mentor's job for you to ask questions, for you to help decide, are there other roads that I could walk down? Or are the current roads that I have great enough? And if so, which of these roads should I walk down? Right. And But if a mentor just kind of comes in after being asked and says, hey, these are the six things that you should do without them asking a question or digging mm-hmm. deeper, I think it's just them projecting their experience onto someone else, which can be helpful, but isn't always because experience, what, what's worked for me may not always work for you right and so at least sharing the learnings and the principles through asking questions in my mind is the best way to mentor because it forces the the mentee to learn mm-hmm. right it's not that hey okay i'll will t- take whatever jerry says and and run with it but rather it's huh these are the things i haven't considered he's given me a framework to think about now i have i feel like i can make a better decision because what that enables the mentee to do is make better decisions moving forward rather than right. just that one specific thing that they asked about.
0: I guess one of my last questions is, what's next for you? What's next for Jerry? What's next for One Salting and uh, Settlement Asian Networking?
1: Yeah, so um, for me, what's next is I want to invest so much more time into One Salting. I want to invest so much more time in acceleration Asian Networking. The more time I invest into it, the more I begin to realize how big of a problem there are or how how many problems there are and how big how big it is. And I think a lot of companies and organizations try to tackle it, but I don't feel like they're tackling it in the right ways. And so for me, I want to invest more time. Um, subtle Asian networking, in my mind, I think is an amazing community. We've done such a great job of maintaining interest helping people one-off, but then the next question becomes, how do we then start scaling the impact that we have, right? How can we start planting the seeds of leaders in the future so that it's not just a couple of people who are active on social Asian networking that are helping everyone, but rather we help inspire the next generation of leaders so that then it's just not always the burden on just one or two people, Mm -hmm. right? With one-sulting, I think there is a clear opportunity gap that we see today that we're addressing with the students that, and there's a clear disconnect with what the education system is providing today. We've partnered with over a hundred universities and organizations uh, around the world. And f- through those partnerships, we're beginning to realize, and again, I'm a huge fan of pattern recognition, I, that they, they also recognize that there is a need to be filled. What we hope to do is be the platform or be the educators of teaching not only the students but also thinking about how we can then engage companies and schools so that then we complete the full circle of people who are involved right yeah you can give all the students the resources but can you also help educate the education system the system to help them also scale out their learnings to their to their to their students, right? And on the company side, can you equip them with the tools to not just recruit at three of the firms that their executives were at, but rather can you give them the tools to say, this is how you can scalably attract the top one percent from 50 schools rather than just getting the top 17% from three schools. Right. And so there's so much work to be done in this space. And I think we're just at we're just at the beginning. Um, So that's what's
0: next. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, best of luck. Uh, That's a lot of jobs to to be done, but (laughs) it's amazing. And I'm, I'm excited to be watching that journey. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Upward. You can find Upward on your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're following us on social media, including Instagram at upward underscore podcast for updates on future episodes, breakthrough Asian Americans in corporate America, and just for updates on the platform itself.